Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. NFL regular season comes to a close. College football national championship game is tonight. Busy we are on this Monday with the assembled members of the hashtag crew around me here. A couple of pieces of news to catch up on from the NFL. Uh, Shefty tweeting in the last, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes. The Broncos have requested permission to interview Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn for their head coaching job. That's who they should have hired last year instead of Nathaniel Hackett, whom they hired solely because they thought he would bring Aaron Rodgers with him. So how that worked out. So the Broncos, who are hoping to land Sean Payton and or Jim Harbaugh, are also looking to interview Dan Quinn. The other piece of news is that Bill Belichick, who is the NFL's longest tenured coach and who turns 71 this spring, said today he plans to return for his 24th season as coach of the Patriots. That's really an incredible run. 24, this is so far 23 years. That's really extraordinary, I think. Um, and I, I said in our first hour today, Bill Belichick is and remains, I think, the best coach in the NFL. But he, he did a disservice to his franchise this year and to particularly to his young quarterback. If I'm Mac Jones, I want the hell out of there if they don't go get me someone who knows more about offensive football than I know to coach me. And that does not include Matt Patricia and it does not include Joe Judge. And if they don't go get Cliff Kingsbury if he gets fired today or Bill O'Brien or I don't care who, Charlie Weiss, go get somebody. Who has who coaches on that side of the ball and let them work with Mac Jones because your quarterback regressed and that that I think the fault for all of that does fall at the feet of the head coach for making that decision. Belichick runs everything in that organization, and I think that was a colossal mistake. They're literally typing another tweet from Shefty on my screen as we speak. More uncertainty for the Rams coaching staff. Broncos are requesting permission this morning to interview Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris for their head coaching job. So all this stuff is out there. You know, with the Rams, I think the expectation is that Sean is going to, uh, Sean McVay is going to step away from that at some point. So um, they might want to keep their options open in LA. I'm not sure how that is all going to go, but that's what this day is. It's a lot of coaching carousel stuff and uh, all of that is most of the, well, more than half the teams in the NFL wrap up their season. And then we go on into the playoffs. And of course, the end of the playoffs will be the Super Bowl, the culmination of everything in Arizona about a month from now. And it's time for me to tell you who's going to be there. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. So I, I feel a need to say that my preseason Super Bowl picks are alive. My preseason Super Bowl was Tampa, Baltimore. Now, I wouldn't bet on either of them at this point. But there's a part of me that feels like if your preseason picks are still alive, you shouldn't change your pick. So when the get-up producers asked me this morning who your Super Bowl picks, I don't know. Like, I feel like I should just say Tampa and Baltimore because that's who I picked at the beginning. If either of them had been eliminated by now, then then obviously that would make no sense. But considering they're still there, do you feel I have any obligation to make a pick of integrity that that encompasses the two teams that I picked before the season started. No, because you now have 17 more games to draw from than you did then. But I would ask you, if you had to choose one of those two, Baltimore or Tampa, which is likelier to get to the Super Bowl? I, think, I don't think either is likely. Who would you choose? It's a tough question. 
Baltimore's road is so much harder. If you could put Baltimore in the NFC, I would say them for sure. I think the Ravens are better than the Bucks. I think the Bucks have a better chance than the Ravens because the Ravens' defense has been much better of late, and they're gonna, we think they're going to get Lamar back this week, although we don't know that. One way or another, I'm not holding myself to that standard, so I will go on and I will make my predictions based upon what I have seen. To your point, 17 consecutive games. Let's start in the NFC. <clears throat> this isn't that complicated to me. Dallas has shown itself, I think, to be a paper tiger. They only play well once every three weeks. Dak Prescott has had a terrible year. I mean, absolutely terrible. He played 12 games. He led the NFL in interceptions with 15. The only other person who threw as many was Davis Mills <clears throat> in Houston. So I'm willing to take the Cowboys out of it. The Vikings are a paper tiger. They're just not that good. I don't buy them at all. The Seahawks and the Giants are just happy to be there. So I think it really, there are only three teams that I think are even worth talking about. And one of them is Tampa, who th- through most of this season just stunk. And I only feel a need to say their name this way because Tom Brady is their quarterback. And to pick against him in the playoffs feels like a dangerous thing to do. But I can't see it. Could I, I, I cannot see him winning, this team winning three games. I could see them beating Dallas Monday night, though I don't expect them to. I don't expect them to go past that. I, I find that almost impossible to picture. So I think it's a two-horse race in the NFC, Philly and San Francisco. And I've been saying for a while, I think the 49ers are the best team. I know that they played the easiest strength of schedule this year. But Philly has not looked its best. You know, NFL seasons are long. <clears throat> and a lot of this has to do with the injury, of course, to Hurts. But those things get factored in here. The Eagles looked like the best team in the sport by far for the first three months of the season. But for the last six weeks, it is inarguable that the 49ers have looked like the best team. Their defense is elite They will get Debo. I believe they're going to get Debo back, right? They'll get him back. Kittle is playing out of his mind. Ayuk, they run it, obviously. McCaffrey. And as ridiculous as this sounds to say, I have some faith in the quarterback, Brock Purdy, because they only need him to do so much, and he can do it. So I I would put them in order. San Francisco, one, and the Eagles, two. I will go San Francisco in the NFC. I think that you are – everything that you said about San Francisco is true. But we have to also acknowledge that the Eagles' body of work is pretty special as well. And what happened recently, or at least most recently, isn't necessarily predictive. We should also mention that before we got hurt, Jalen Hurts was likely to win the MVP, or at least was among the finalists. The Eagles' offense was the most explosive in the NFL this season. They led in explosive plays, and that is with two Gardner Minshew games. And this is an historically good pass rush. The Eagles had 15, the Eagles had 70 sacks. That's 15 more than any team in the sport. 54 of those sacks came when using a four-man rush, they're going to be able to get after any quarterback that they play. I'm having a tough time imagining Brock Purdy, whom none of us even knew about two months ago, going into Lincoln Financial Field, dealing with that pass rush and coming out victorious. Yeah, I mean, are you asking me, would I be surprised if the Eagles get there? Of course not, but I'm picking San Francisco. And then in the AFC, here's the problem. I think the best team is Cincinnati. I think that the Bengals, top to bottom, to your to the point that I just made a minute ago, I mean, the Bengals lost two games right at the beginning of the season when Burrow had had no preseason, had no training camp. Remember, he had the, was it the spleen or the gallbladder, whatever it is, as appendix. The appendix, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. 
So he didn't play. Since then, they've been the best team. I think they're the most complete. I think they're the best team. I have fewer questions about the Bengals than I do about the Bills or the Chiefs. However, the Bills and Chiefs each have something going for them that Cincinnati does not. Buffalo has this, this the, the DeMar Hamlin factor, I think, is real. And I think that the emotion that that team is going to play with and, and the way that it plays into this, I do think it is a factor. I, I do not think that's nothing as far as who winds up winning games. I, I do think there is something about doing it for their fallen teammate that is a thing and it is real. It isn't, however, nearly as big a factor as the advantages Kansas City got. Kansas City getting the one seat. People were focusing far too much on the neutral site home game and on the bye. None of that really matters. Buffalo practically has a bye. If Skylar Thompson starts against them this week, uh, that doesn't amount to all that different to me. It's about avoiding each other in the first round. There's a big three in the AFC, and then there is a huge drop-off. So the reason that our analytics have Kansas City as such a prohibitive favorite to make it is the very simple fact that you could write them into the AFC championship game right now, wherever it is played, whether it's in Kansas City or in Detroit or wherever they decide to put it. The Chiefs, who's going to beat them? Jacksonville? Who is it we're worried about? So to me, Kansas City walks into the AFC championship game, whereas Buffalo and Cincinnati have to play each other in a pick'em game in Buffalo in the divisional round. So I think that the if you're making me make a pick right now, Kansas City is the smart one to make. So that is the reason why my official KOD pick is Kansas City-San Francisco, which would be a rematch of a game we saw, what, three years ago? Uh, the year that Mahomes and, and company won it. And that's what I think we're going to see in about five weeks' time. So your logic makes sense. If you're betting the thing, it, 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 it's smartest to go with Kansas City based upon the road. But my question for you would be, either on a neutral site or in Kansas City, would you favor Buffalo and or Cincinnati in that game? Yes. So what you're doing is basing your pick more upon probability than, say, the the quality of each of those three I can't sit here and take Cincinnati because I don't know that they get through Buffalo. And Mm. I can't sit here and take Buffalo because I don't know that they get through Cincinnati. I can sit here and take Kansas City and say, I know they're going to be in the AFC championship game. Yeah, but we also know that Andy Reid... Always loses that game. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, no, not, but look, he's Often been in, the, he's been in the Super Bowl twice with this kid. And we didn't have Patrick Mahomes when he lost all those games in Philly. You're still wearing those scars. Fair enough. But, but he doesn't lose this game with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. To your point, though, I will always believe that Kansas City blew it last year in the AFC title game in part because they had to contend with Buffalo beforehand. Yeah. Cincinnati got to skate there, really. So I think that you're right. Kansas City makes the most sense, but I would I would probably pick both Buffalo or Cincinnati in that game straight up. Who raises the trophy tonight? You'll find out. College football playoff national championship presented by AT&T. Coverage 6.30 Eastern here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And, of course, the coverage will be everywhere. We'll go through some of the sound bites you need from yesterday. I'll give you the job that everyone uh, who was an interesting coach should want. And then we will get to time for your calls as well. Your hot takes at the end of this hour. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Previously on Greeny. I'm confident they're going to win in Tampa and then we'll go from there and we'll be okay. You know what is interesting about it though is that the owner Jerry Jones found the sunshine behind the clouds after that terrible performance yesterday when he said we get to suck on that all week. I have got to be honest with you. I'm 55 years old, and I've never heard a person say exactly that. The expression is any number of other things. Chew on that? There's so many different ways to go about it, but I will stew say on that? that, yeah, we get to stew over it. We get to live with it. We get to, you know, whatever, whatever it is. It isn't that. Wrong verb, Jerry. Yeah, they get to suck on that for a week. This is Greeny. <laughs> uh, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You know who sings this song? No, I do not. Here's a hint. Cam looks just like them. Oh, is, is this the Jonas Brothers This song? is the Jonas Brothers, uh, which is Jerry Jones' favorite band, by the way. Mm. Not many people know that. Fun fact. I'm ah, just making that up. Uh, Greeny, do you know your company has goals this year? Find the right people to help you achieve them with ZipRecruiter, where four out of five employers get a quality candidate within the first day. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. And just very quickly, while we are talking about Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, we told you that Shefty is reporting that the Broncos have requested permission to interview Dan Quinn. And the question is, if they lose Monday night in Tampa, they're going to have a long time to suck on it. We get to suck on that all week. They're going to they're gonna have to do that for a lot longer than a week. Bubba, would it be your expectation that the Cowboys make a head coaching change if they lose Monday night in Tampa? Yeah, I would think I would think so to either lock in Sean Payton or to keep Dan Quinn. I think one of those two things. I think Bubba has that right. Uh, McCarthy cannot afford to lose the game. In fact, I think he could win this game against Tampa and get embarrassed the next weekend, still lose his job based upon who is available. I don't know that Sean Payton wants to go to Dallas because I don't know if Sean Payton wants a, a boss as visible and as overpowering and overbearing as Jerry Jones. <laughs> but if he does then I would fire Mike McCarthy in almost any circumstance, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sean's an excellent coach. I'd fire him before this game and get Sean in for the wildfire. <laughs> <if he> could. <laughs> get him in there for the game planning. Um, you know, and, and we'll see. But the, to your point, so what are the vacancies? You got, we're expecting Arizona today. I think there was an expectation that Cliff Kingsbury will be fired today. He's supposed to meet this afternoon Pacific time with ownership in Arizona, I think the expectation is there'll be a change there. The Rams are another one where I think the expectation is that Sean is going to walk away. We're assuming that. I'm not assuming anything, but 
I think that's going to happen. So I, I agree with you based upon <clears throat> what we've heard, but hearing about a 36-year-old wonder kid coach looking to hang him up already is still a weird thing for me. But I don't think it's hanging him up. I think it's taking a break. I, I, I think he goes into TV. He gets paid a ton of money to go do TV somewhere. He recharges the batteries, and he goes back. Mm. Sean Payton didn't hang him up in New Orleans. He took a break. But Sean uh, McVay is a much younger person. I mean, uh, this is I, a, John, a there's no way McVay's done for his entire career. No way. Yeah, he takes one to three years off and picks, comes back and picks exactly where he wants to go. I, I would take the opposite tack that mm. you are taking, which is to say at 36 – he has the opportunity to, to – like how long was John Gruden at ESPN before he went back to coaching? I mean, 10, 11 years. Something like that, yeah. He could do that. He's younger than John. John was young. Um, Sean is much younger. I, I, I will – look, I don't know one way or the other. I, I, I'm just reading what everyone that covers the sport is saying, and that is that the expectation is that McVay is going to walk away. And that's probably a total rebuild for whomever's next because they're in rough shape from a Well, we're going to spend some time this week. Today's not the day for it. But it is a fascinating question about the value of one championship. Like, is it worth mortgaging your entire future to get one championship? The answer is no, because you're not guaranteed the championship. But if you get it, then I think it is. The value, I think the Rams would make that Faustian bargain over and over and over again, knowing what they know now. The reason you're not willing to do it most of the time is you're not guaranteed to win the title. It also demonstrates the turnover in this league, though. That team won the Super Bowl last year. Both of the one seeds last year were Tennessee and Green Bay. They're both out of the playoff, too. It's yeah. just crazy how much the league turns over in just one year. The yeah, top the two seeds yeah. and the Super Bowl champion. It's wild to me. The Tennessee, that was, what a game that was Saturday night. I mean, there's, there's just so much to get to today. But anyway, there are openings that we know we have. The Colts is open. The Panthers is open. The Broncos is open. Am I forgetting one? Oh, the Texans. What a clown show they are. I mean, can we just have a moment on the disgrace that is the Houston Texans? And it's an especially bad look in a league where there is so much attention to and rightfully so paid to the disgraceful lack of minority hiring in the head coaching ranks that the Texans basically in back-to-back hires gave African-American coaches a job that they had no opportunity to succeed in. I mean, literally none. Vince Lombardi wasn't doing more with these Texan teams the last two years than these two coaches have done and to fire each of them after one season and now go out and hire someone. And then they can, for the rest of time, say, oh, well, look how uh, progressive our organization is. We hired uh, two African-American head coach. No, you didn't. You basically condemned both of them to having no chance whatsoever. And Tony Dungy, I think, was overly nice about this on Twitter today. I won't be. The Texans are a joke. You fire coaches after one year after back-to-back years. It suggests you had no intention of accomplishing anything because you have you have absolutely no belief in the decisions that you made. So why did you make them in the first place? They're a joke. That 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 is a, a complete unbridled, humiliating, embarrassing joke. I think we need to change the name of the position. It's no longer the Texans head coach. It's the Texans head coaching internship. Yeah. That's what they're calling it now. They're doing this thing year to year. The one thing you've ne- neglected to mention there. Romeo Cronell is who replaced Bill, Bill O'Brien in an interim capacity. So it's actually three straight guys that they've just bagged like this. It's, mm-hmm. it's a total joke. And honestly, honestly, like the football gods reared their head yesterday to ensure they did not get the first pick in the draft. That's absolutely right. So there's all that. So who are the big names? The big coordinators, you know who they are. Dan Quinn is going to be highly sought after. Um, I think that some people like Kellen Moore. There are some other names you'll hear. But then the names everybody knows are Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. And it looks like Harbaugh is going to go to the pros, 
which surprises me. I think the best thing is that he stays at Michigan. He's got a good thing going. They're winning. I know there's talk about him getting a suspension, but so what? The NCAA is a toothless, irrelevant organization at this point anyway. Um, you know, Harbaugh's been in the playoff each of the last two years. He's a great coach, a genuinely great coach. Here's what I know about Jim Harbaugh. He shows up in places where they're not winning, and they win everywhere he's gone. So Jim Harbaugh is an absolutely great coach. So I think that he should stay at Michigan. But what the heck difference does it make what I think? I think the fact that he is doing this again as publicly as it's being done means he's going to go because he knows this is the death knell to your recruiting. You can't be recruiting kids and have your coach being talked about to go to the NFL every single year. Yeah, he did it last year, though. He, he was in Minnesota to interview for the Vikings job he thought he was getting that he didn't but get. But then he made it very – I thought he made it clear, like, this isn't going to happen again. I'm staying now. This is going to be my job. And then here we are a year later, and we're doing this again. He's running out of prepared statements <laughs> is where we are. So I don't know what's going to wind up happening with him. But here's what I do know. He's an excellent coach, an excellent head coach. So you got that, and then you got Sean Payton, whose record speaks for itself. So those are the guys, and what are the most desirable situations? I still think the most desirable one is the Chargers, because, and I don't think it's a foregone conclusion at all that that won't open up. I mean, they played their starters yesterday. They lost one of their most important players to an injury, Mike Williams. They're also denying that Joey Bosa got hurt in that game, but everyone saw him limping on the sideline. So you're playing your, your most important players in a completely meaningless game at the end, and they wind up getting hurt. Whether it's fair or not to blame that on the coach, it's kind of the way these things go. And they've got Justin Herbert, and that's the guy everyone's going to want. I don't, I don't think it's talking out of school for me to tell you that I ran into Jim Harbaugh at a funeral Um sometime in the last year, uh, quite a few months ago, long before this season started, and just in a casual conversation, having nothing to do with interest in coaching jobs, or literally just talking, he was raving about Justin Herbert. Mm. He was going on and on and on about how great he thinks Herbert is. Um, again, I want to make it, I want to underline the fact this was not a conversation about him interested in coaching anybody. We were just chatting about how good the young quarterbacks in the NFL are, and he was raving about Herbert. So if that were to come open, <clears throat> I, I think it, that Harbaugh would be interested. Do you think, between, let's say both Dallas and the Chargers become available for some reason, which of those two positions do you think is more attractive? Oh, the Chargers by far. Hmm. Oh, it's not even close. To the quarterback. Because of the quarterback and because of the owner. I mean, I don't. You want to go work for Jerry Jones? We get to suck on that all week. I, I, that just doesn't feel to me like an easy job to have. Um, so no, that doesn't feel right to me. I think the Chargers with that quarterback are definitely the pick. All right, Greeny, here we go. My number is eight 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 say ESPN triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. Time for your hot takes. The NFL regular season is over. The college football championship is tonight. We're looking for your hot takes on everything, and they're coming up after this word. For from FanDuel. NFL wildcard weekend is here. The easiest way to get into the playoffs is with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers join today to get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with the promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, with the promo code PLAY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. 
NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, and West Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming and Kansas. Or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Previously on Greeny. San Francisco won in week 15, a different quarterback, 21 to 13. You know, the way you say won is really annoying. Really? I, I, yeah, and it's distracting. I'm, I'm going to ask you to stop doing that. We're trying to do a show. You need to stop asking me questions for which there's a result involved. No, but that's I mean, how I speak. But, but am I alone in saying that's just the most <sighs> annoying thing? Like when you say won, I can't focus on the other things you're no, saying. I mean, literally every single time. I don't think there's been a time he's said it where I haven't said And then when Nuno's here, we bring it up. Just say it correctly. How about that? How about just say beat him? How about San Francisco beat him? You can say that. Just sure. Don't use that word. Bubba, did I hear it correctly that it was actually one of the reasons Nuno left the show? Was that, wasn't that part of his exit interview? I didn't want to say it. He mentioned it. Wow. This is why people shake nerd. This is Greeny. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We're coming for your calls in just a moment here at 888-SAY-ESPN. Your hot takes. Uh, so, so, so just do that for me. Just count... If you're going to start with the first number in the, I'm not, it's not an alphabet, whatever it is. And what is the first numeral? One. One. And say how the Eagles did yesterday against the Giants. The Eagles won against the Giants. See, that's just, it's so annoying that it's, it's like. They're two different words. I'm, I'm a complete, I'm, A, I'm a pacifist. B, I've never been in a fight in my entire life. And C, you're one of my favorite people. But I want to punch you when you do that. It is just excruciating that you do that. So I'm going to ask you to, to use another word. What, what is that, a verb? Use a different verb. Just say the 49ers beat so-and-so, whatever it is. Just say beat. You'll say that fine, and it won't be a problem, and the whole world won't hate you the way they currently do. Okay. Let's get to the phones here at 888-SAY-ESPN. A chance for your hot takes on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Of course, the championship game is tonight. Uh, who's got the calls today, Bubba or Cam? Yep, I got them here. All right, Bubs, who's first up? We're going to start with Brad in Michigan. All right, Brad, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give me a hot take. Greeny, love to be on the show. Love listening to you. Um, Dan Campbell should absolutely be head coach of the year. Uh, taking a dumpster fire of a team from two years ago and used goods in what was considered Jared Goff and turning it around to a winning season and beating the Packers and Lambeau, having them in playoff contention in December, something we haven't had in forever. That is an amazing job by a coach, and he should be head coach of the year. I, I think that's actually a point well made, Brad. I appreciate the call. Who's going to win coach of the year? Brian Dayball, I think, is going to win coach of the year. But it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of coaches that get stray votes. I think he's the likeliest one to win. Dayball, Sirianni probably in the conversation, right? I mean, he, that may, he may have fallen off, though, at the end. I think Campbell is a good pick. He's a good pick. I need to give that some thought. But, Brad, I'm really glad you brought that. Uh, it's a good take. It's not that hot of a take because I think it actually is a very sensible take. So I appreciate the call. Bubba, who's next? 
We'll go to Jeff in Queens. All right, Jeff, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give us a hot take, Jeff. Go. Hey, Greedy, my hot take is I'm so glad my team didn't choke away this season like the J-E-T-S. Hmm. How you doing, Boss Scott? Can't wait. But that being said, Greedy, if two is not playing Sunday, they should give their invitation to go play Buffalo to the Pittsburgh Steelers because they have no shot. And I'm sorry to say that. I'm a Dolphin fan 41 years. Thanks, Greedy. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I appreciate the call and I appreciate the hot take. No, it's right. Look, the Dolphins had a very good year. And who knows what winds up happening to them if the quarterback isn't hurt a lot. The problem is the knock on the quarterback coming in was that he's hurt a lot. And now you have the concussion stuff. And that is so different and so scary. I mean, before we had this DeMar Hamlin um, episode of the last week where obviously all of our concerns went to something entirely different. The biggest concern in the National Football League is head trauma and of these players with these concussions. And I don't look, I don't know if they're going to find out someday that some people are just more naturally prone to them than others, whatever the case may be. But he has suffered too many concussions in too short of a period of time not to be incredibly concerned about it. So the only thing I'll say is Take your playoff spot and go and, and do the best you can up there in Buffalo and be proud of the fact that you made it. They played their way through the gauntlet. They overcame a lot this year. I like their coach. They made some good moves. Defense is good. So, you know, congratulations to the Dolphins. And they like they were and that game yesterday set pro football back about 50 oh. years between the Dolphins and the Jets, but they deserve to make it. They had a season particularly with their injuries where they deserve to make it. Greeny on ESPN Radio looking for hot takes. Who's next? Yeah, we'll go to Marshawn in New Jersey. All right, Marshawn, give me a hot take. Hey, what's going on, Greeny, man? But listening since I was a kid, I really appreciate what you do. So my Thank hot you. take is this. Yeah. No problem. My hot take is this. Minnesota is going to the Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills, and they will win. I agree with you. Buffalo has some kind of thing going on with Hamlin, so they have that luck thing going on right now. So they'll make it. But with Minnesota, I believe we're battle-tested. Everybody goes with Philly or with any other teams that blow teams out. That's nice and all. It's nice to see you dominate, but it's also nice to see you be resilient and fight back. So I think that during a playoffs when games slow down and teams really key in on each other, I think it's going to be one of those one-score games that we're 11-0 in this year. I think we're going 12-0. I like it. Look, I mean, I, I, if, look, the whole world is giving Minnesota no respect. <clears throat> if I'm them, I have to believe you love that. Right. I mean, you just put together an unbelievably good season and no one is respecting you at all. You get a game against the Giants to start. The Giants are an upstart team that I think everyone thinks is playing with house money because no one expected them to be in the playoffs. Daniel Jones, et cetera. Um, If you're the Vikings, if you can turn this at in any way, turn this into a shootout, you have to call it an advantage is to even begin to tell the story. I mean, the Giants are not prepared to get into a shootout with anybody, much less with Minnesota. So if you're Minnesota, you should feel good about where you sit. And then who would you get next? Would they go to San Francisco? Is that their next stop? Mm-hmm. That'd be bad. They're not winning that game. <coughs> I have a very hard time picturing them winning that game. That, that, that's the one I think you don't win. So I enjoy the I enjoy the optimism. I enjoy the take, and I enjoy the call, Marshawn. But I, I have a hard time. I actually think I might pick an upset this weekend with the Giants, but reasonably speaking, the Vikings have had an excellent year, but I think the buck stops in San Francisco. Uh, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Let's do another one. Bubba, who you got? We'll go to Austin in Florida. All right, Austin, give me a hot take. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go to the AFC Championship next year. That team was good all year. They were figuring it out with the rookie quarterback. That defense is solid, and next year they're going to make a run. And there's one more reason, and that is their coach is elite 
with a capital E, even though I pronounce it like it starts with an A. He is elite, <laughs> and he is a just a great football coach for that team to have had the season they just had, to have been where they were, and start putting it together. I mean, look what they've done with Pickett. Look at the leaps and bounds improvements they've made, and obviously the team likes him, the players like him, the defense is good, the coach is outstanding. No team would have wanted to play them in the AFC playoffs if they had gotten there and they were just one game short of that. I agree. The Steelers, as long as Tomlin is their coach, (coughs) they're in their window. He's a great coach. And I think you have to put him, if you're going to sort of pick the greatest coaches of this era, I mean, Belichick, it goes without saying, is one. And then the only other options really to go, when you're looking at longevity and all that, are in some order Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, and Pete Carroll, right? I mean, those three guys, just based on how long they've been around. Sean Payton? Well, he's not coaching right now. So, I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I think I would put Tomlin next. He's on the list. The Hall of Fame coach. I, I think I would put Tomlin next. Um, all right, I'll do one more. Go ahead, Bubba. Give me one more. We'll go to Ryan in Texas. All right, Ryan, give me a hot take. I agree. This is how you use that word wand correctly. The Jaguars going to wave their magic wand and <laughs> actually kick, make Brandon Staley unemployed. The Chargers will lose this week to the Jags. Yeah, I like it. I, look, to me, that's, and thank you for the call, and, and we'll lose the music on that. Thank you, everybody, for the hot takes. It's a pleasure. We hadn't taken any calls in a little while, so it's good to hear from, um, from anybody who wants to chime in. Um, Jaguars Chargers to me is a tough game to pick. Like, I have no idea. The Chargers are a very tough team to figure. The Jaguars, look, they're hot. I mean, they come in red hot. The quarterback has really emerged. I like him. I like Herbert. If right now, how, how old is Herbert and how old is Lawrence? Let's put, they're both young enough that it doesn't matter, right? They're both ridiculously young. Neither one of them is, I mean, they're way short of 30. So Trevor Lawrence is, he just turned 23. And then Justin, 23? Herbert, Justin Herbert is 24. 24. My God, they're so young. He's 24, and he's already thrown 94 touchdowns. If you were, did someone just say something? Is there some sort of breaking news I need to know about? Is that what you just, someone, whatever you said to me, oh, uh, okay, so here we are. Here's some breaking news from the NBA. This is terrible. Um, so the Brooklyn Nets have been red hot lately, and they've won, I want to say they're 18 and 2 in their last 20 games, and Kevin Durant. <coughs> has absolutely played his way into the MVP conversation, and it looks like an injury is about to take him right back out. Um, this is news that I'm just getting. Kevin Durant has been diagnosed with an isolated MCL sprain of the right knee. The injury occurred during the third quarter last night at Miami. He will be reevaluated in two weeks. That doesn't mean he's going to be out two weeks. It means he's going to be out at least two weeks, and then they will reevaluate. So that's terrible. From an NBA standpoint, we had the Nets on our network. What, what did we have? We had them Friday night. We did countdown leading into the Nets Pelicans on Friday night, and we've been talking a lot about how good they've been. And they're probably one trade away, for, I think, from being a legitimate championship contender in the Eastern Conference. They need a big, and they'll be that anyway, because Durant, assuming he's not out for the entire season, but everyone is so tightly bunched that if you want to get home field advantage, home field, home court advantage, You need to win games. So being without Durant for whatever it's going to be is bad. And also Durant, I think, is a stabilizing factor there with Kyrie and everything else. Jacques Vaughn has done a very good job coaching that team. 
Um, but they, look, there's no other way to describe this other than terrible. Kevin Durant will be reevaluated in two weeks, and we'll see what happens from there. Okay, one piece of business remains. Hashtag KOD. The Kiss of Death. Our national championship game tonight. Uh, it is on absolutely every platform that ESPN has. You can watch it on every ESPN channel on your television. You can watch it online. You can listen to it here on ESPN Radio. We do our mega cast. It's it's one of the things that we innovated at ESPN and we're very proud of. And there'll be a lot of great coverage of it tonight. In one way or another, Georgia goes in as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, which is the biggest point spread in the championship game in the era that we've had one, again, anyone who's not old enough to remember, before there was the BCS and now the CFP, we didn't know what was the championship game. There were just bowl games and people um, would vote after those were done. So there wasn't one game that was for the championship. So going back to what year is that, 98 or 98. something? So going back to mm-hmm. 98, this Vegas thinks this is the most one-sided game that we have seen. And I kind of see it that way. <coughs> And here's why I don't like TCU in this game at all. TCU had everything go right in their game against Michigan. Georgia couldn't play worse than they did against Ohio State. And here they both are. Georgia, I think Kirby Smart loved that game because he gets to coach his team for a week and a half like they're coming off a loss. Coaches hate losing, but they love coaching off a loss. He gets the benefit of both he gets to find a way to miracle beat an Ohio State team that, that outplayed them up and down the field for an entire night and coach his team like they stink, uh, even though they haven't lost a game all year and they're the defending national champions or they're a 12.5-point favorite tonight. So the, the only question to me is whether they cover that number or not. Is there a public lean? Yes, and I want you to actually guess what the public lean is because this surprised me. Uh, then the way you're saying that, it suggests that the public likes TCU, because I would guess that the public is 85% on Georgia. The public loves TCU. The number right now is 73%, so everyone else seems to be sipping the Kool-Aid that we are not. All right, all the more reason. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope this is a barn burner. Um, I hope that we get ourselves a, a, an unbelievable game tonight, and it ends 54-53 in favor of either team. I don't have a horse in the race. But I don't expect that at all. I've got Georgia, and I will give the points. So do I. I just want to clean up one thing. We had a caller uh, a couple minutes ago that predicted the Vikings get to and win the Super Bowl. So I looked it up. There's only one instance in the Super Bowl era in which a representative in the Super Bowl was outscored on the season as Minnesota was. It was the 2011 Giants. They were outscored by six points. The Vikings this year were outscored by three points. All right. And that was the second of the Giant teams that wound up beating uh, Brady and New England in the Super Bowl. That was the Mario Manningham Super Bowl, not the David Tyree Super Bowl. All right. This was a really terrific day. Thank you, everybody, for being with us here. The TV show was great. This show was terrific. Um, and we head into what should be an extraordinary week. We're glad that you'll be along for the ride. See you tomorrow. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.